Well, good morning. My name is John. I get to be a teaching pastor here, and uh, thank you for being here. To everyone that's here, to all of our guests, thanks so much for coming and spending some time with us. If you're joining us online, thanks so much as well for taking your time out to live stream with us. Kids, I know you're in here. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us today. If you get a little squirrely, I'm used to it. It's okay. If you were here at one of our Christmas services, you saw my kids literally run around the church and me after them. So I'm used to it. Uh, we're just so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for being here today as uh, we have our remembrance service, our life remembrance service for 2018. As I know many of you have come because you've lost a loved one this year, maybe the last couple of years, and it's an opportunity yet again to remember them, to join together with some family and friends, and to join in their memory because, well, that's what we continue to hold on to. And I'll be honest with you today, as I've known I'm going to be preaching for this service for a little while now, uh, I haven't been so sure about what I was going to say. I've been a little nervous about it. A couple of reasons. One is I'm an emotional sponge. So as there are emotions out there, I was already feeling them while I'm sitting up there. I can just feel them. I can feel them, and I, like, I, I, so, I soak them in. Uh, and so it's why I'm always nervous if I have to do a funeral. I, that's terrible for a pastor to say, but it's true, because I just feel all those feelings. I feel all those emotions. Even watching our picture slideshow today, uh, I've seen it several times. And just to see so many of our folks, so many, over 60 people that we've lost over this past year, uh, whether members of our church or those that are connected with us, it truly is just heartbreaking to see. The other side of it is you just never know what to say in times like this. In times of grief and loss, you just don't know what to say because, I mean, that's what we're talking about today is loss. And the reality is loss just brings on grief. And grief is that deep down sorrow, that sorrow that we just can't explain away, that sorrow that there just never seems to be an answer to. No matter how much we try to grasp for one, it always just seems just out of reach. And so today, I, I don't know exactly what it is that you're facing. I don't know, for many of us, it's that we've lost a loved one, we've lost someone we care about. But maybe for you, maybe you're here and maybe you're watching online and saying, you know, it's, I didn't necessarily lose a loved one, but maybe you've had another loss. And the reality is that we all face loss. Maybe it was a death or an accident, maybe it was divorce or a loss of some meaningful relationship in your life. Maybe it was loss of employment or some loss in your finances and struggles there, maybe with some medical traumas or emotional breakdowns, or maybe even a combination of a few. What I'd ask for you to do today is just, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what was your loss this year, or what's a loss that you faced in the past? What's something that can still bring up those memories and emotions for you? And for many of you, it's going to be that loved one. But for you, what is it? Because the reality is we all face loss. We all face a struggle of losing. And, and let me be honest, that was never God's intention for us. When he created this world, he created it with perfection in mind, with life in mind, with more in mind. And yet, because of sin, we face death and we face loss. So as I said, I didn't know exactly what to say today because what do you say in times like this? When we're going through struggles and we're going through loss, and we're going through whatever it is that you have in your mind right now, what can you say? And I, time and time again, I've had people in my office and they sit there and they open up their hearts and they, they cry and they share. And so I just thought, what, what do I do in those times? And so many times, most of what I do is I'm just there. I'm there for them. And I just sit there and I, I listen and I'm there as a support. And so my prayer for you today is no matter what you might be facing, no matter what loss you may have faced over this past year, past years, 
or maybe something that you're looking at coming up very quickly. My prayer is that even being together today would be an encouragement to you that we're here. And let me tell you, this church is an incredible church. We do have a great staff. We have, even have a staff counselor. We have all kinds of opportunities to help and support you. We have those incredible classes that Pastor Jim talked about earlier. But I'll tell you, we also have just an outstanding church. Those people that are seated around you, they're amazing. And I pray that today is not only a day to hear from us up here, but also to feel and sense that support that you have around you and to know that this church is here for you. And so as you walk through every day of life, I pray that you know that you have a place to come to. And the other thing that I tend to do is I realize... um, just this last week going through some of my own personal counseling, dealing with some grief and loss of my own, my counselor challenged me with this. He said, look, you can either go through things or you can grow through them. And so what I would challenge us with is what I think I I tend to challenge most people in my office with is that we're all going to go through loss. That's inevitable. We're all going to go through it. We don't have a choice in that. We're going to go through it. We're going to lose things in our life. Things are going to fall apart because of sin and struggles in our world. But the choice that we have is, are we just going to go through it, or are we going to grow through it? And so today I want to challenge us, how are we going to grow through our grief? What can we do to actually grow through this? So this isn't just an opportunity to go through something, but instead to grow through it. So that we not just survive it, but maybe, just maybe, we could thrive through it. Now here's what I want to tell you. This is not an opportunity for me to try to place purpose behind something senseless behind the loss of a love and by, uh, to place purpose behind something that was hurtful and tragic for you, that's not what I'm trying to do. Because the reality is whatever your loss is, is never what God wanted for you. This is never what he had hoped for or desired for you. That's why he didn't create us to have to deal with loss this way. But what I would say is, again, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through loss. We're going to go through suffering. We're going to go through sorrow and grief. So my question is, is there an opportunity now for us to grow through that as well? So as we're going to do today, we're going to look at God's word and we're going to see where is it that he would challenge us and how to grow. And the first thing that I want us to look at is that we're going to still embrace our emotions. Now here's the thing. So often I think we think about growing and we think we just have to get past something. We have to get past it. We have to forget. And this is not that. This is not about whitewashing our feelings. It's not about forgetting how we feel. Again, our God gets it. He gets it. Why? Because he created you to live forever. He created your loved ones to live forever. Back in the Garden of Eden, he created perfection. He created perfection for it to last forever. For us to never experience death or loss, but instead to always experience growth and life. And it wasn't until Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, brought sin into the world that our God grieved right along with us because with that sin came death and came loss. This is a reality of our life today. And so I'm not saying just forget about your emotions. Instead, be able to grow through this. You need to embrace those emotions. How do I know that? Because our God himself embraces these emotions. In Isaiah 53, Isaiah wrote more prophecies about Jesus coming than any other prophet in the Old Testament. And here's what Isaiah says about Jesus. This is him writing about Jesus in Isaiah 53. It says, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This is our God. 
Our God is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And you may ask yourself, but this is God. He knows that there's a bigger picture. He knows there's truth, and he knows that he wins at the end. So how could he be full of sorrows and acquainted with grief? Because he loves us. And again, he didn't create us to have to go through this. This is never what he wanted for us. He never wanted health problems. He never wanted loss. He never wanted struggles. He never wanted financial ruin or relationships to break apart. This is not what he wanted for us. And so when our God sees that and he sees what you have to go through and he sees what you are facing because of your loss, his heart breaks right along with you. And so as you look at your grief and your loss, my prayer isn't that you forget about the emotions. My prayer is that you embrace them that you, re, you realize that this is a part of the journey, that we weren't created to be able to deal with loss because we weren't created to lose. And so our God grieves right along with us. But we don't stay in that grief forever. It's not that it ever goes away, let's be real. I know a lot of times people will tell you when you lose loved one, well, it gets better. I don't, I don't know that it ever gets better. Maybe it gets less worse. Is that, is that a word? It still hurts. Their birthday rolls around. You see something of them. A smell of theirs, a song of theirs. It still hurts. So we embrace those emotions, but we don't stop there. Because our God doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop at the sorrow. He continues. And I want you to realize how much you can experience true comfort because of this God of ours. So today we're going to look at some passages from Paul who wrote to the church in Corinth. And he was writing to the, church, the Corinthian church because, well, they needed it. The city of Corinth had faced so many struggles and so many losses. It was a city that continued to grasp onto everything it could, trying to find hope in very much all the wrong places. And so Paul was writing to it to encourage the church there, to encourage it with true comfort, not the comforts of this world, because they tried all those and it didn't work. So here's what Paul says as he helps them to experience true comfort. He says, look, there's a nice symmetry in this. Death initially came by a man and resurrection from death came by a man. Everybody dies in Adam, but everybody comes alive in Christ. But we have to wait our turn. Christ is first and those with him at his coming, the grand consummation, when after crushing the opposition, he hands over his kingdom, us, to God the Father. He won't let up until the last enemy is down and the very last enemy is death. This is our true comfort. This is what Paul points the Corinthians to. This is what he points us to today. Is in our sorrow, in our grief, we feel those emotions, but we don't stay just in those. We also experience true comfort, the comfort of knowing that Jesus, the one who suffered it all, a man of sorrows and grief, the one who literally suffered death itself, didn't stay in that tomb. No, he left that tomb empty. And he will crush every one of our enemies, whatever you're facing, whatever your loss is. I want you to think about those emotions that go along with your loss. But then I want you to think, what does this say to you in your time of suffering and grief? As you think about the symmetry he talks about, death came through Adam and Eve and through their choices to bring sin into this world. And on the other side of it, life and life to the full comes through Jesus. God didn't leave us in despair. God didn't leave us just in grief and sorrow. He grieves right along with you. He has sorrow right along with you. His heart breaks with yours. 
But in the symmetry of it all, there's Jesus. There's Jesus who crushes every one of your enemies. Whether it's heartbreak or sorrow, changing situations and fear of what's to come, the loss of a future that you thought you had, even the worst thing that could ever happen to any of us, the worst thing that happened to our loved ones, death itself is the last enemy that Jesus defeats. He defeats on their behalf. He defeats on your behalf. And that is where our true comfort comes from. It's not comfort in the fact that you won't face grief and sorrow. We're all going to go through that. But where we grow is we realize that there's still true comfort. And then what I would challenge you with is you put yourself in that place of loss and you experience those emotions and then you listen to those words of true comfort. I want to now challenge you with where is it that you're getting real help from? Because I would, I would encourage you, one of the ways to grow through your grief is to encounter real help. Because this is what Paul was doing for the Corinthians. And this is what I want to make sure that you're doing as well. And this is what he says to them. He says, let me tell you something wonderful. I love it. He's so blunt. He goes, a mystery I'll probably never fully understand. We're not all going to die, but we're all going to be changed. You hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet. And in the time that you look up and blink your eyes, it's over. On signal from that trumpet, from heaven, the dead will be up and out of their graves, beyond the reach of death, never to die again. At the same moment, in the same way, we will all be changed. In the resurrection scheme of things, this is what has to happen. Everything perishable is taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by the immortal. Then the saying will come true, death swallowed up by triumphant life. Who got the last word, oh death? Oh death, who's afraid of you now? The reality is we all need Pauls in our lives. We all need those who are going to be real with us, who are going to walk through the struggles of life with us, who are going to point to the reality. And I love how real he is. He goes, this is what's going to happen. I don't even get it. I don't even fully understand it, but this is what has to happen. And we need those who are willing to walk through life with us, day in and day out, through those valleys of life as we struggle and we have sorrows. So what I ask you is, as you faced these losses in your life, who are the Pauls in your life? Where are you getting and encountering that real help? That true and real help? And again, I, I would point to this is why we have a church. This is why God brought together us to, together into churches, into the local church, to be able to have the support of each other. That's why we encourage small groups so you have people that know your life and will walk with you through that life. It's why our care program is so incredible and grief share and healing is a choice are incredible groups to get involved with. Because we all need Pauls in our life who will encourage us, who will point us to that real help. And so I ask you in your mind right now, who is that for you? Where are you getting that real help? Because that's how you're going to grow through this grief and not just go through it. And if you're not thinking of anybody right now, I want to ask, can we be that for you? Can you please let us know what we can do, how we can help you, where we can get you signed up for something? Maybe even just at the end of the day where we have those who are going to be up here praying for you. Maybe you finally reach out and get the prayer that you've always needed. I tell you, this is an incredible church, and we want to walk with you. We don't want anyone to walk alone through whatever you might be facing. I can tell you, nothing scares us. 
We've seen it and heard it all. Things that you would never even guess we've seen and heard. And we're willing to walk through whatever it is you might be facing. Because at the end of the day, we want you to embrace those emotions. We want you to know the true comfort that comes in Jesus. And we want to be the help that points you to that, but not just for the sake of eternity, but also for right now. Because here's the thing, so often as we go through loss and grief and sorrow, we get so wrapped up in it that we miss out on the opportunities of joy that are still happening around us. And so as we grow through our grief, I want to ask you, where is it that you still are experiencing opportunities of joy? This is what Paul said to him. He said, it was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now, in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death, are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that this is not the end. This is not the totality of your life right now. Sin, guilt, and death, no matter what it is that you might be facing, even where you're struggling, maybe it's something personal with you and God. Maybe there's something that you're going, I don't even know that I can turn to him. That has all been crushed by this Jesus of ours. He has opened the door now to not just an eternal life that the way it was supposed to be, but also a new life right here and right now. He doesn't call you to be a part of his kingdom tomorrow. He calls you to be a part of his kingdom today. That kingdom that he hands over to God that we read about earlier. This is what he's opening up and offering to you today. To experience that today. See, there is still joy happening in you and through you and around you. Even in the deepest, darkest depths of grief and sorrow. And maybe for you it's... And those memories, those memories of the lost loved one that you've had. I remember for me when my grandma passed away, one of her concerns was being a financial burden. And so she didn't want uh, us to have a visitation at the funeral home for her. And I'm so glad that my family said, nope, she's worth that. And the reality is we needed that. We needed that opportunity to come together, to be with so many of our friends and loved ones to not just experience their encouragement and their grace and their peace, but also to have those memories of joy. And sure, we cried our eyes out. But we also had so many moments where we remembered joy, those things that she would remind us of, those things that she taught us, those recipes of hers that we love to share, everything of hers that just brought so much joy. I'll never forget even one of our interns at the time, Kimber, her and her dad drove over an hour each way just to come and be at that visitation for me. And I remember what that meant to me so many years ago. So I would challenge you with right now as I get it, you're in the midst of grief and sorrow and loss. I don't want you to ignore that and embrace those emotions. But hear the true comfort that comes in Jesus. Let us and let others be those who are the Pauls in your life who will continue to point you to those, to those new lives, to the imperishable, to what God has for you and what God has for your loved one who's passed. I want you to get it. Your loved one is now experiencing the life God has always wanted for you and for me. No more pain, no more loss. And even though we would love them to be with us right now, I can guarantee you, they don't want to come back. 
Because what they're experiencing right now is so incredible, you couldn't even imagine. But I'll tell you is this, is I know they want to be with you. They want to be with you, and what that means is receive the gift that Jesus has for you. Don't let it be a goodbye to them, but let it be a see you later. And as you think of them, as you think of any loss in your life, here's what I want to ask you to do. You know, I'm just going to give you a minute here to turn to the person next to you and think about and share with them what is one joy that you can hold on to right now? What is one joy, maybe one story, one memory, one favorite song, one of their favorite jokes, one of their whatever it is, what is one thing that you're holding on to? Whatever it is you lost, whether it's a loved one or relationship or any other struggle, I'm going to give you a minute right now. I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to share that joy. Don't miss an opportunity right now to experience that joy. Turn to somebody. Talk. In a service like today's, in a time like today, in a year like this year, we all need those opportunities to experience joy. It's happening in you and through you and around you even right now. Even in our times of loss, there's still joy to be found. It's my encouragement to you to embrace those emotions. Don't pretend that the sorrow and the sadness isn't there, but hold on to that true comfort get the real help that you need. We have those that are here and willing to walk with you through whatever life may throw at you. And still, look for those opportunities of joy. Love them. Experience them. And then take this encouragement with you, this last encouragement of Paul's, the church in Corinth. He says this, with all this going for us, stand your ground and don't hold back. The fear of loss can so often drive us to a place of trying to hold back. Being afraid that we're just going to lose more. If we love more, we'll just have more to lose. And what Paul is reminding us of is with all of this going for us, with a Jesus who defeated death itself, with a Jesus of ours who wins over everything, even death itself, over sin, over guilt, over death, with all of that going for you. Don't hold back. Stand your ground. Experience all that God has for you. Continue to love. Continue to reach out. Continue to be that what God has called you to be. Don't be afraid of loving and reaching out and putting yourself out there. Our God is calling for you to continue to live life, to experience joy, to share that with those around you. 
Because I can tell you, for every tear that you cry, for every heartache that you have, for every sorrow-filled moment that you have, our loved ones are worth it. That love was worth it. Every moment we had with them is now worth the tears today. And so with all of this going for you, stand your ground and don't hold back. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you are so good to us. God, we know that right now is a time of so much emotion. God, thank you that we can embrace those. Thank you, God, that you are right there with us, having sorrow and sadness right with us because this isn't what you ever wanted for us. But God, thank you. Thank you that even in our grief and our sorrow, we know that there is real comfort in you and knowing that you still provide us the life that you always wanted for us. God, that our loved ones are now with you in eternity. God, that even in the midst of our sorrows and losses in this world, and even in those times where we look around and wonder where our life has gotten us, we know, God, that you are bigger than it all. And so, God, continue to bring those people around us, continue to bring that help that we need. And God, just allow us to have those glimmers and that hope of joy as we walk through this world of knowing that because of you, because of your power and mind, because of your love of us, God, death does not win. Grief does not win. Sorrow does not have the final word. God, thank you. Thank you that you do. That you win in and through it all. And you win for us. So God, now even now as we come to you, as we grieve right now, even if tears are flowing, God, allow us to know that you're right there. And give us the encouragement to continue to stand our ground and to keep going forward. In Jesus' name, amen.